0: All right, welcome back to The Prospecting Show. Today we have Thomas McGregor on the call. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking a little bit before the call here about what you do, but to kind of tell everybody who's going to listen to this, uh, you know, give us some background. Where'd you come from? How'd you get to where you are right now? And then where are you going in the future?
1: Yeah, so I come from a little Midwestern farm town in the middle of Kansas. Ottawa, Kansas, not Ottawa, Canada, but Ottawa, Kansas that is just about 40 miles south of Kansas City. So if any of you folks know where Kansas City is, I grew up a little bit south of that in a little farming community. And um, I graduated high school and continued on with my education, ended up in finance and insurance. And then from there, went on to become part of a team in a marketing firm out of California. And then from there, and then, amongst everything, I started doing my own consulting work on the side for for civic leaders, political groups, nonprofits, and corporate leaders. And that's where we are today. Where we are today is we work with civic leaders, nonprofits, corporations, and corporate leaders to not just make sure that what they're saying is right for what their message wants to be, but to make sure that they're being perceived in the way that they want to be perceived. So we live day to day in our own, our own bubble, our own perception bubble, and what we think might be what is being perceived, might not be. So we work with them to make sure that in every situation, because every situation is different, whether you're doing a a press conference, whether you're doing an op-ed, whether you're doing a YouTube video, the perception changes based on those mediums. So we work with these folks to make sure that they're being perceived in the right way, and moving people to what we call their side of the table. So we work with these folks to make sure that we're not just being effective in our messaging, but also being persuasive in an ethical and very beneficial way to the person that's receiving that information. And so we work with these folks constantly to make sure that we're moving these people to the side of the table so they can be of service, really be of service, and really, if you have a product or a nonprofit or you're a civic leader, these folks want to be of service in some form or fashion. And so we have a strict guidelines of ethics. And we only work with certain clients that really align with our ethics and our values to help people to make the world a better place. And so in the future, we're going to be working with more nonprofits to get their message in the right place. And then obviously more um, federal uh, civic leaders. And then uh, we're also in the future going to work more internationally as well. So it's very exciting, very hands-on, and I love every minute of it.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's the best part, right? Is you have to make sure that you enjoy what you're doing. And I think a lot of people get into situations or get into projects or jobs that they don't actually like. And that's really a big problem because at the end of the day, if you go to work every single day and you hate what you do, it's not really gonna be a great outcome. Now, when we talk about uh, nonprofits, that's something that, that's close to my heart. So, you know, Where do you focus with nonprofits? Where do you find that they need the most help? Where do you find that you end up engaging with them um, in a way that's meaningful?
1: Yeah, so same here. Same here, Connor. Nonprofits are near and dear to my heart. Growing up, nonprofits were a big, vital part of my upbringing coming from a meager start. And I'm going to say that nonprofits, if anybody's listening that has a nonprofit or wants to start one, Make sure that it's very clear that your mission is first. I know this seems really simple, but, and maybe even cavalier to some folks, like of course, of course, mission first. But oftentimes people get caught up in the money aspect of it. I don't mean the owner or the, the operator of the nonprofit. I mean the patron. Like, okay, I'm giving money, but I don't know where this is going, okay? I'm giving money, I'm giving money, I'm giving resources, but I don't know what's happening with all this stuff. Make sure your mission is so, Ingrained in so much part of the culture that if somebody gives ten thousand dollars or ten dollars, it's not really going to matter because they know in their bones that it's going to be used in some form of fashion. So my advice to nonprofits: always. I'm working with one. That actually, a one uh, um, well, that's nationwide right now, but their branch. They have a branch here on Austin, and we're really working on that to make sure that the message is felt. So I'm gonna say that again, make sure that your message is felt. Because again, we hear all the time about different foundations that take money and you don't know where it goes. Or you look on their website when they disclose their finances and they use maybe what, five, 10% of it on the mission. And so obviously be ethical and honest about where your money is going when you are disclosing your finances. But make sure that mission, that mission that is felt and I'm saying, felt, let's don't just talk about it. Make sure it's felt, make sure people can feel that mission every time there's a meeting, every time there's a rally, every time there's a team phone call, that that mission is front and center and the money becomes secondary, which sounds crazy. It might sound even counterintuitive, but the money needs to be secondary because it's just a resource. And sometimes if, and most, actually, most likely a lot of times, Honestly, if that message is really, really felt, and we're seeing this right now in the political landscape, and some of the main federal candidates, and even some of the smaller town candidates across the country, that if the mission is really felt, people will give more than money. They'll give money and their time, and they'll recruit people to give their time and their money. And so that is so much more valuable than trying to just get money from people. And I know that's the main focus, I know you have expenses, but really focus on getting that message felt, a feeling. So really define it and understand what the emotional, the emotional intelligence is around that. So let me give you an example. So let's say, for instance, you have a nonprofit that helps housing animals that are in shelters with, with actual people that want. So you're like the middleman, that people that want animals. Okay, so let's say that is your nonprofit, just as an example. So the message that you want to convey isn't that you help, help house, people, you know, house, house animals and people. That's, that's the mission. That's not really what it feels like. So what you want to really convey is how it feels like to get an animal into your home that you really, really love, a dog or a cat. It changes the entire, entire feeling of your home. It makes it more warm. It makes it more of a family. The feeling that you want to convey is that you're saving an animal's life. You're saving a life that had literally no say in its own circumstances. You're, that's the feeling. So yes, the message, message that, the, the message is that, and the mission is that you are the middleman. man. Okay, all right, but that's not the feeling. And so the feeling is how does it feel to really take a life into your home, take care of it, and give it something that it didn't have before. When you convey that message, you will recruit people, you will recruit more resources, and I guarantee you, you're going to recruit more money.
0: And, and with your experience with working in these different groups, media agencies, and kind of having some advertising background, where do you think that most small businesses make a mistake where they aren't able to contribute to a nonprofit? or They're not sure where to contribute because they're, they're always in that grind of like, we need to get our business going, we need to scale, we need to grow, we need to do all these different things. But they really kind of get on that treadmill and never really step back and go, oh, I'd love to support this group or I'd love to support that group. How do you think they should approach that so that they can both scale their business on one side and do their philanthropy and, you know, and, and uh, yeah. charity work on yeah. the other side?
1: I think that's a great question, and the answer to that twofold is, is, is twofold here. The first thing is, think of, think of a nonprofit as also a business, because that's really what it is. It's just their bottom line is what looks different at the end of the year than yours. Okay? So if you're a small business and you're listening to this, and you want to help contribute, but you're trying to get things going, you're trying to get funding, maybe you don't have funding, maybe you don't even know where to start, but you want to give back to the community. If you were them, what would you want? And that's the question you have to ask. You would want yeah, that's really
0: That's that's yeah. very interesting that you say that because at the end of the day, I think that's a critical piece of what people need to look at, right? They need to yeah, look yeah. at both the vision, you talk a lot about vision and mission, right? Hey, what are we doing as a business? But then how can we align that with other groups, right? If, you're, if your vision is to right. help, um, let, let's say your company is to help other entrepreneurs grow through marketing and social media and some of these other techniques, maybe you go after a charity or foundation that helps Uh, underprivileged startups or underprivileged, you know, single mothers or something like that, get their entrepreneurial journey started, right? Because then you can have the same sort of vision and mission in your business as you do in your philanthropic um, endeavors. And for for most people, I think that's gonna be an easier transition, don't you think?
1: Yeah, so let me give you a couple other resources to check out. So when you're doing this and you're just starting out, okay, again, put yourself in their shoes. But here's two other things, or we to actually say three things, and the third is kind of a bonus. But the first thing is reach out to local universities, uh, startup groups like we have here in Austin. We have what's called the Capital Factory. Work, and then reach out to community colleges that have entrepreneurial and startup programs. And then the second thing is be very strict on your time. Okay, There's an old saying that is, if you give somebody an inch, they'll take a mile. So if you reach out to one or you find uh, a group that helps entrepreneurs that are starting up and you're probably a little bit further along, you can maybe offer some consulting advice, some advisory advice. Okay, commit to one hour a week or commit to 30 minutes a day. Something that works, it doesn't matter, just something in your schedule that you know you can make happen. That's gonna respect their time and your, and your time as well. This, and here's the third and the bonus thing, This is the thing that's really going to help you more than you could ever imagine. And this is where my expertise comes in. This is going to position you as an advisory in a program that is probably more at this stage in your business, probably more notable than you are. Then you can say that you are an advisor at the Capital Factory or at, here in Austin, we have University of Texas as an entire entrepreneurial and even a pitching contest for your business. Same here with Austin Community College has a business accelerator. So if you can align, help people at the same time, get back to the community, get involved, and you never know, you might find future employees there. You might find funding if you're needing funding, you might bump into another an investor, another business owner. And so this will position you in in a really good place because you're giving up your time, it's not costing any of your money, you're being strict with your calendar, so it's not taking anything away from your business. I mean, one hour a week to help another business owner can be very, very va- valuable. And there's an old saying that says your net worth is your network." And so if you're really looking to grow, you're, you can only grow as much as you can give. So if you can give an hour or 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day at the end of your evening for a phone call with somebody that you really love their startup idea, you're going to position yourself in a really good spot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's a good way to look at it. I mean, the whole giving concept is super simple, but I think a lot of people miss that, right? It's, it's not um, necessarily what they can do for you, it's what you can do for them because a lot of these businesses and startups and ideas w- would really benefit from that advisory. And I think the part that a lot of individuals forget to ask is the opposite question, right? Is not only, what can I do for you? That's an easy one to do. The question is, what can they do for you? right? And and you don't have to right. always ask it in, in a selfish way, but I think it's a two-way street. And I think a lot of people have a good understanding of, you know, where they can contribute and where their shortcomings are. And if you can figure that out as an individual, a contributor, an advisor, someone in a startup, whatever it is, I think knowing where to give and where to take is probably the most important thing, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a dance for sure. And I totally agree. And I think one of the things that we often miss is that our own perspective on life is often... 99% of the time more valuable than almost anything that we can give. you can give somebody a million dollars but they, it doesn't mean that they're going to know how to use it but if you can give somebody advice and perspective on how to how you successfully use the million dollars for your, your business that's more valuable for them because
0: then when they do get a million dollars
1: or even five hundred thousand or seven hundred whatever then they get okay well this worked for him I'm gonna try the same thing and you know we've all heard this adage before and that is you know the right type of knowledge can cut years off the learning curve. And so when you go to give advice that you know broke back will work, be very diligent with that person to say, look, this will work if you do it. You know, go ahead and stand in your own truth and say, okay, I don't know all the answers, but what I do know is this works for me. And if you do it, please do it. And it will, I mean, stand in your own truth. Don't be afraid to stand in your own truth. And give the advice that you know will work for you. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, if people are taking notes or listening to this, if they want to jot something down. Just remember, and just remember, and write down that your perspective is so valuable. We have all of us have different lives to draw experiences from. We have different experiences to draw learning from. And each and every day, each and every one of us are living a unique life. And that offers really good insights. Carry, carry around a notebook. Jot stuff down that you hear. the Ideas that you come, come up with. And then when you'll, you'll finally know, I mean, when you finally talk to somebody that you're advising, you'll finally know when to use that and how to use that to help that person. And I, I'm a true believer in, in karma or what goes around comes around. And so make sure you're giving, giving to them what you would want. And it's kind of come back to your temple. But don't be focused on what you're going to get. Really don't. I mean, really focus on, okay, how can I help this person if I were them?
0: Right, and and I think that that's a good way to look at it too because there's a lot of people who think they don't have something to give, but they really do, right? They just, they don't, either it's an empowerment yeah. thing or it's a confidence thing or whatever the issue is, they have a hard time understanding what their value is and because of that, they don't offer it to people, right? They say, oh, yeah. I'm not that good at X, so I don't wanna offer it to people. You know what I mean? That's a really, yeah. really bad space to be in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I, I would encourage people to look up a woman on YouTube call, her name is Marissa Peter, and she talks a lot about this, if you're into kind of personal development and really elevating your mindset. She talks a lot about how some there's some there's, there, there was some time in our life that we either came to the conclusion this is always at a very early age, or somebody told us at a very early age that we were not enough we all have that we all have that kind of like insecurity and how do you overcome that and, and this is again i'm coming from, from my own personal experience is realizing that whatever that experience was whatever that did in my life that was not my fault it wasn't my original idea we don't all come out of the womb as babies going i'm not enough for this world we all know inherently that we are enough even if it's just a single idea now, can we please everybody? No, of course not, because everybody is different. Nor would you want to. You know, you wouldn't want to deal with everybody on this planet for the rest of eternity. It'd be crazy. But can we serve people that align with our values and our outlook and our ideals? Absolutely, we can. So really dig deep in yourself and say, okay, what was that situation? What are some insecurities I have right now? Are they really true? And I am enough. Just remember that you are enough. You've done amazing things in your life. So, something that kind of will combat that is just, instead of looking back at all the failures you have, look at all the lessons from those. And then look at all the great things that you've done, right, so, and then you can definitely help people with that type of experience.
0: Oh, for sure. So, you know, to because I like to keep a lot of these sessions short, and could you give us like a summary of what you think the steps um, that somebody should take? Let's say they're going into entrepreneurship, they, they have a, a business and they're kind of going through it, but they also want to start giving in other ways. What are the steps they should do? The two or three things they should do now um, so that they can start giving in the future?
1: I would say the steps would be this. First, get your mindset right. Find the things that you know for a fact work. Write them down. Write down five of them and write five more. Push yourself a little bit, okay? Even if it's silly, like, okay, I know how to get locks replaced on a brick and mortar store. That's okay, because I guarantee you that there's going to be somebody that you're going to eventually run into that has no idea how to do that. Okay? So write down. That- Because if you take those for granted, that means you know how to do them really well, okay? So that's the first step. Get those underneath, and then write out some, like, maybe a small paragraph about that, okay? So you're writing out your list, find the things that you're like, okay, this is really simple, I could do this in my sleep. Maybe it's taxes. Maybe it's, again, you know, replacing locks on a brick and mortar. Maybe it's getting permits with the city. Maybe it's setting up a website. And you think, okay, anybody could do this. Well, that's not true, and that's actually a key insight, okay? So if you think... That anybody can do this. That's the thing you need to focus on. So, write that out, write out then a small paragraph to sort of describe the first couple steps to get going with that. That'll help clarify things for you. Then, find some sort of activism, some sort of nonprofit, or even a business idea that you really love, but it's not your business. Okay, this is good. I'm gonna explain why this is important in a second. So, let's say you're in retail, okay? and you maybe don't know a lot about online marketing, all right? So what you're gonna do, you're gonna say, I wanna work with, or I wanna help somebody that has an online marketing firm that focuses in on single mothers, helping single mothers get out of the nine to five. So you find somebody that does that. I guarantee you're gonna find exactly what you're looking for. So you find that person you offer to help them for nothing, okay? Literally for nothing, in exchange for some back and forth. And so when you go into that back and forth, the reason this is gonna help you is because you're going into a, a niche or you're going into a market that you don't know anything about. And the ancillary knowledge that you're gonna get back from them in exchange for the stuff you're gonna help them with is gonna help you in your own business. And my suggestion is to do this, reach out to people, make it into a schedule, put it on your calendar, make it into a habit, reach out to several people a week. Number one, as we all know, if you do any type of sales or reach out to any type of people, Any any types of people, what's going to happen is you're going to get a lot of them to say no. That's okay. They might be too busy. They might think that there's a lot involved. Don't try to push them and say, okay, well, if this relationship won't work, then we can just part as friends and I'll circle back around to you in a year. Okay, put that on your Google Calendar a year from then, put the information, come back around. But reach out to multiple people people that are in the area that you're in, and most importantly, people that are out of state and even out of the country. So keep your, you know, spread your uh, net really wide
0: so that's the second
1: thing the third thing once you get that relationship going get a system down maybe it's a weekly call maybe it's a monthly call maybe it's an email exchange but get something down get something down where it's a reciprocal thing where you're like okay this is my expertise do you need any help in these areas if you're, if you're an online marketer looking to open a brick and mortar, I can help you with the locks. <laughs> I can tell you the pitfall of working with a bad repair guy or, you know, that sort of thing. That's very valuable to them, even though you think this is just common sense. So that's the third thing, okay? That third thing is get that system, reciprocal system down. And then the fourth thing is ask them, after the relationship's been going for a while, eventually ask them, not for money, to ask them if they know anybody else that would know or need some help. Because once you've proven yourself to them, then you can say, look, is there anybody else you know in your space that might need help in some of these areas? You never know what could blossom. And always keep your eyes open for opportunities. They say, well, we're looking to write a book to promote our business. Say, I know somebody who does ghostwriting. Or they say, I'm looking for publicity." They're like, I know like three people that do podcasts. Always right. offer value, always offer value.
0: Yeah, and that's a perfect way to look at it. Now, if people wanted to find you, how would they, they reach out to you to, to maybe pick your brain?
1: Well, I'm on all social media. So I'm on Facebook, um, not, I'm actually not on Instagram, but I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, very active on Twitter actually. <laughs> um, but it's, or, sorry, LinkedIn is where you're gonna, you're gonna find everything. And so that's really easy. You just go LinkedIn.com slash T for my first name. So T is in Thomas, so T and then McGregor, M-C-G-R-E-G-O-R. And then if you go to Twitter, on twitter.com slash, or at uh, Real T McGregor. And then that's the same for Facebook. So they can go there. They can reach out my phone number. It's actually my direct phone number. My cell phone number is on my Facebook um, page. And so if you go to Real T McGregor uh, or, or, or my LinkedIn and yeah, reach out. I would love to help some people out. And I'm actually looking to do this exact same thing for some folks. And again, this is not a pitch. This is not, I'm not looking to charge anything. But if your ethics and values and what I'm looking to help align with me, I'll be more than happy to help you. Plus, I have lots of resources that I can throw your way.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a very uh, humble approach and, and a very nice way to, to reach out to people. So I, I, I thank you for that and uh, you know uh, the the listeners here a lot of them are entrepreneurs and small business owners and people are looking to grow their business and I think the, the most important thing is you gotta look at your network you gotta reach out to people you gotta figure out what's right for you and find a way that you can create more value for others because at the end of the day that's how you're going to make more money have more time have more freedom and ultimately be happier right so I, yeah. I really do appreciate you coming on the show again Thomas McGregor you can find him online LinkedIn you know search around a little bit and check come out and uh thanks a lot for your time today man really appreciate it hey
1: thank you so much i really look forward to coming back again i really appreciated this conversation no problem